Aloha, fellow dads. Probably more than any other time of year, this time of year is filled with traditions. And one of those traditions is one you guys who like sports will understand the year in review. And of course, it's not just the sports world that does a year in review. Magazines and websites and news outlets all publish annual year in reviews. It's always interesting to me to look back over the year and remember what happened. Is a year in review something that we as dads could benefit from? Through wisdom is in-house builded, and by understanding it is established. And by knowledge shall the chambers be filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Hi friends, welcome to the Treasure Box Books Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Ching, a redeemed child of God, happy husband and homeschooling dad, and lifelong lover of good books. Fellow dad, are you eager to fill your children's hearts with truth and faith and wisdom and courage? Do you long to build growing, lasting, God-centered relationships with your family? If you're ready to inspire and equip your children to walk with God by learning and living together, then come join us on our journey. And let's go find the treasures in books. At the end of each year, I like to look back over the past 12 months and review events and experiences that I've had or my family has had for a few reasons. First, I want to get an idea of how God has led me and my family and how he has changed us to conform more closely to the image of his son. After all, that is the goal of the Christian life to be conformed to the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. Next, I want to give thanks to God for what he has accomplished and what he has allowed us as a family to accomplish. And finally, I want to see in which areas I or any member of my family needs repentance and growth. For 2023, I'm already giving thanks to the Lord for some things. I'm thanking him for trips he's allowed me to make with my wife and some of her children. Um, I'm thanking him for health and healing in family health situations. I'm thanking him for opportunities to share the gospel with many people in several places. I'm thanking him for people he's allowed my family to influence for his kingdom. I'm thanking him for some answered prayers. I'm thanking him for time spent with beloved friends and fellow church members. I'm thanking him for some new skills learned, some skills I've learned, some skills my family members have learned. I'm thanking him for allowing us to start this podcast and the audiobooks. And I'm also thanking him for some sweet memories made and some important milestones reached with my family. And as you might have guessed, my personal year in review includes thinking about books read in the past year. Now, this year I began using a new tool to help me track my reading. It's an app, and it's called simply Reading List. And uh, this is not an ad. They're not paying me to talk about this, but I want to pass this on to you. In this app, you can enter the date that you began reading a book and the date you finished it. And it can do a lot more than that. If you want to get elaborate and really detailed with your reading information, you can keep running tabs on how many pages into a book you are 
and the app will generate a percentage of completion and a percentage until completion for you if you want to do that. If you get the paid version, the app will keep stats for you, such as how many books you've finished total, how many books you've read in each year, the average length of books you've read, how many pages you've read total, and it will even give you the average time it takes you to read a book based on the information that you enter. In my app, the number of pages isn't quite accurate because I also enter audiobooks into the app when I've finished listening to an audiobook. So it would be better if the app would record time for audiobooks, but that's okay. I still use it. I consider audiobooks a very close second <laughs> to reading a book. And so I think that whatever pages it tells me I have read, when I know that among those there are audiobooks, I will think that I just listened to someone reading that many pages. So it's a good app to use overall, and it's been very helpful this year. And when I say helpful, I mean it's been helpful to me to keep track of the books I've read, also to really to give me a sense of accomplishment that I have read this book or that book, and I can check that off my, my reading list that I have established for myself at the beginning of the year. The app was also helpful to me as I sat down for my year in review to think about the books I've read. And of course, there are some books that leave such a profound influence on our thinking that they just stay with us. But there are some books that we might have read more than half a year ago that we don't consciously think about, but when we are reminded about them, we're glad that we read them and we think, oh yeah, you know, I have been putting some of those things that I learned from that book into practice. And that app, Reading List, has been helpful to me in this. So what I'm going to do in this episode is just share with you the top 10 most influential books that I have either read or listened to in totality this year. And I will start with book number 10, and work back up the list to the book on the number one spot. Book number 10, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate by Gary Chapman. You'll never hear me say that you should never read a book from a tablet. I've even read a book or two from archive.com. But this book by Gary Chapman is a good example of why I will always prefer a real black ink on white paper book to a digital book on a tablet or a phone because my copy of The Five Love Languages is underlined and highlighted all throughout. And I intend to go back and reread those sections again and probably again and probably again and copy out some of those quotes for my children whenever they are beginning to enter that age that they can prepare for marriage. 1 Peter 3.7 instructs us husbands, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them, that is, with your wives, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. The command in the verse is to know your wife to understand something about your wife so you can live with her 
in a way that is beneficial to her, to show her honor. While other books on marriage have been instructed in teaching me the why of loving my wife and helped me understand my own attitudes and expectations toward my wife, the five love languages helped me to know her, to understand how she perceives my expressions of love to her, and to better express love to her in a way that she understands. Sir, if you're married, your first priority after your own walk with God is your relationship with your wife. And if you get the five love languages and read it and pay attention to what Mr. Chapman says, his book will help you strengthen that bond that God has given you with your wife. Book number nine, How to Be Your Daughter's Daddy, 365 Ways to Show Her You Care by Dan Bolan. This might sound funny, but I plan to reread this at the beginning of every year as long as my little girl lives at home. I plan to reread it every year. It's not deeply theological. It's not deeply psychological. But it's strong in practical areas for doing just what the title claims. It gives you 365 ideas to show your daughter that you care about her. In my relationship with my daughter, I probably don't consciously think of most of these ideas all the time. But like many good books, this one left me with a feeling, with a sense, with a hard attitude that I ought to have a heart of affection and care for my little girl. And I've found out that even if I can't remember a specific idea from this book, which is another reason to have a printed copy and to read it again, this book reminded me that my daughter needs her daddy. And in her heart, I am an ambassador of God the Father to her. And I am her model of what a man should be. The responsibility is huge. And this book, How to Be Your Daughter's Daddy, by Dan Bolin, has already helped me to carry that responsibility. And I want to say, dads, if you have a daughter or more than one daughter, uh, this book is one that you need to add to your library. Number eight, How to Be Your Little Man's Dad. 365 Things to Do with Your Son by Dan Bolin and Ken Sutterfield. And just like book number nine, this is one that I plan to reread at least once every year. As I read this little book, I kept thinking some ideas I want to put into practice with each of my sons, and some ideas are more suited and specific to specific sons. The takeaway, the big takeaway from this book is that my sons need their dad, and the time that I have to influence them is swiftly running away. My firstborn is already 16, and there's still so much that I want to pour into his heart and his mind. This book is chock full of great ideas for us as dads to build a strong relationship with our sons. And similar to our relationship with our daughters, that we represent God the Father to them, we do likewise with our sons. We represent God in their life. Now, I don't mean that that I expect my sons to think of me as omnipotent, 
omniscient and omnipresent. Only God is that. And I don't expect them to look at me as holy, 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 or anything like that. But what I mean, of course, is that I represent authority in their life, and they have to learn to honor their father and their mother before they will ever think about honoring God. And I am convinced that if a child cannot honor his parents, he's going to have a very, very hard time, in fact, almost impossible time, learning to honor God. But if our children are going to see us as worthy of honor, we need to make sure that we strengthen that relationship that we have with them. And these books, uh, number nine and number eight on my list, How to Be Your Daughter's Daddy and How to Be Your Little Man's Dad, both of these are extremely practical and full of great ideas to help us strengthen those bonds. Book number seven, We Were Soldiers Once and Young, Ia Drang, The Battle That Changed the War in Vietnam by General Harold G. Moore and Joseph L. Galloway. Why would I read a book on Vietnam and why would I include it on the top 10 influential list of 2023? At least for two reasons. The first reason is that my granddad was a United States Marine. He was one of the few, the proud Marines, and he served in Vietnam in the early 1970s, and he never discussed the war with me. And the most he ever told my mom was, it was bad. It was bad. And because I really think it's important to understand and get to know our ancestors as best as we can, I want to understand the war simply because my granddad was there. Also, in my understanding of American history, and I love American history, but in my understanding of American history, Vietnam has always been a mostly blank area, in my understanding. I have a few fuzzy images in my mind from documentaries or magazines of Huey helicopters and soldiers hunkering down in tall grass. But other than that, it's been pretty fuzzy. So it was to better understand and thus to honor my granddad's memory and his service and to better grasp the war itself, to fill in that part of our nation's history that I'm not familiar with. That's why I listened to this book as an audiobook and read along parts in a paperback version as well. From all I'd heard, I knew that Vietnam was a terrible experience for people on both sides of the war, but I really had not faced that much exposure to the horrors of the war until I listened to this book. And as I did, it helped me to appreciate, of course, my granddad's service, but also other Vietnam veterans that I've known through the years. This is not a book that you'll want to play for your children or read to your children. Probably not for your wife. If your wife is anything like mine, she appreciates heroism. She likes to hear about men doing brave things. It helps a woman, I think, feel safe and secure to know that there are men who can do that. And she hopes, of course, that her husband would do such things if called upon to do it. But it's probably not for your wife Uh, unless you're willing to go through the book with a Sharpie (laughs) and um, cut out a good bit of the language that those good American soldiers use. But if you want to understand the Vietnam War better and appreciate what our troops go through in any war, not just Vietnam, but any war, you might consider this book. By the way, I didn't just randomly pull this book from a shelf of books about Vietnam in the library. If I remember correctly, it was about 12 years ago that I met a Vietnam veteran. We talked for a little while. He found out that I like books and that I love American history. And he said, if you want to read 
a really good book on Vietnam. Get this one. We were soldiers once and young. And he said that was a very accurate portrayal of the war. And so I appreciated that recommendation, and I got that book, and I'm glad that I listened to it and was able to read some of it. Many of us, probably most of us who are involved in this podcast, will never be involved in battle, never be involved in combat. But I think it's good for us civilians, especially us dads, to know something about warrior culture, to know something about the military, to know something about combat, uh, and to get it from men who have actually been there in the trenches, so to speak, the men who have dealt with the with the realities of war. And I believe it's important because not only does it help us to appreciate what our veterans have gone through to secure and maintain our liberty and our security, but also to help us to think that if men will do those things, will endure those situations and make those sacrifices for the security of their country or for the people that they have gone to serve, how much more should we be willing and ready and prepared to sacrifice for our families, for the people that we love? And coming from the perspective of a Christian, as a pastor, as a missionary, um, I have to ask myself, what am I willing to do to rescue the souls of men? What am I willing to do to help people find the eternal security in the Lord Jesus Christ. The New Testament describes the Christian life as battle, as combat, as war. And so I believe it's good for us as civilians and as Christians, as men, as dads, to know something about combat. And so if you're willing to put up with some of the, the language and if you are able to stomach some of the really, really detailed battle experiences recorded in the book, let me recommend book number seven on my list, We Were Soldiers Once and Young. Book number six, Way of the Warrior Kid by Jocko Willink. This was recommended by Brother Mo. He was a guest on the Treasure Box Books podcast back in November, and he told how that book had helped his kids and he'd mentioned it as a series of books. When I got the audiobook, it was one book. Maybe Jocko Willink wrote several follow-up books. I'm not sure how that worked. But this is really a different perspective. Jocko Willink was a Navy SEAL, and so he comes at life from that combat perspective, and he's really got some wisdom. I don't know that he's a Christian, but he has got a lot of practical wisdom that I think we men and we Christian dads need to apply in our families and in our relationships with other people. Now, why would I include a kid's book? <laughs> this book was written for kids. Why would I include a kid's book on my list of top 10 books of the year? Well, this book encouraged me to push myself with physical challenges. The story centers on a teenage boy who can't do pull-ups, and he can't swim, and he can only do a few push-ups, and he's picked on by a bully, and his uncle, who was a Navy SEAL, <laughs> teaches him physical strength and mental strength and emotional strength by basically just 
forcing him to get up earlier every morning and exercise and giving him also some mental exercises as well. So this book encouraged me to push myself with some physical and some mental challenges and to lead my sons to do the same. Book number five, My Brother's Keeper, Christians Who Risked All to Protect Jewish Targets of the Nazi Holocaust by Rod Gregg. With the October 7th attacks on southern Israel by Hamas and the sudden upsurge in anti-Semitism across the planet, I was thankful that my son and I had recently finished this book about professing Christians who risked their lives to save Jews from Adolf Hitler's final solution. The first time I heard about this book was in a radio show several years ago, maybe even more than 10 years ago. And the host was interviewing the author, Rod Gregg. And Mr. Gregg talked about the first man in the first chapter of the book. And he was a diplomat who risked his life to rescue Jews. He risked his career to rescue Jews. And he happened to be Chinese. So, of course, that caught my attention. My son and I began reading this book in January of 2021. And we didn't finish until the end of October of this year. Why did it take so long? Well, it's just not a fun book to go through. At times you just find, I found myself cringing and wincing in emotional response to the numbers of people killed, how people were brutalized by the Nazis. In all that darkness, though, there is this bright light that shines through the stories. And it's the bright light of people who had faith in Jesus Christ. And they took that faith for real. They lived it out. And here's a quote from one of the men who rescued Jews. His name was Nicholas Winton. He was an Englishman. Here's what he said in 1939. There's a difference between passive goodness and active goodness. It entails going out, finding and helping those in suffering and danger, and not merely in leading an exemplary life in a purely passive way. And the book is full of statements like that. And again, this book is another reason I'm glad it's not on a Kindle because uh, I have marked it up all over the place and I want to go back and get those quotes and copy them down and share them with my children. I highly recommend for dads, read My Brother's Keeper, Christians Who Risked All to Protect Jewish Targets of the Nazi Holocaust by Rod Gregg. Book number four, Person of Interest, Why Jesus Still Matters in a World that Rejects the Bible by J. Warner Wallace. Well, having spent the last 20 years of my life in full-time missionary service, I've been thankful for any book that helps Christians demonstrate why Jesus is the Lord and why we all need him. And this book does just that. In a unique way, it does what the subtitle says. It shows why Jesus still matters. And he shows that Jesus matters to other world religions, that Jesus matters in culture, Jesus matters in science, Jesus matters in literature, Jesus matters in society. And he proves this, empirically proves all of these statements. 
all through this book. It's something like 270-some pages, if I remember correctly. I read it to my wife. She read some of it to me. Most of it I read to her uh, over the course of the past year. And it was intellectually stimulating, but also spiritually stimulating. Because every time I read the book, I came away from it thinking, wow, that's my Savior. (laughs) That's my Lord. Uh, And he is, you know, of course, I know this. I know that he is not just one among many, but I came away from this book thinking and feeling he really is the unique, the only begotten Son of God. He really is the Lord of glory. And I came away from it feeling so grateful to God for allowing me to know his Son. I came away from it feeling a little more urgent to help others get to know him. So book number four is Person of Interest by J. Warner Wallace. By the way, J. Warner Wallace is a former Los Angeles County police detective, and he writes all of his books from the perspective of a police detective, and he intersperses his investigations into Christianity and into theology and into New Testament historicity with stories from his life as a police detective. It's, it's hard to put down, actually. And whether you are a seasoned saint who is absolutely certain that the Bible is true and the Word of God and that Jesus is the Lord of glory, or if you're someone who's not really sure about that, I'd highly recommend Person of Interest by J. Warner Wallace. Book number three, God of the Aurora by Bruce Hamilton. It goes without saying that this is one of the most enjoyable, educational, and edifying books I've read to my family ever. (laughs) I'm so thankful Pastor Hamilton wrote this book and that a friend introduced me to Pastor Hamilton back in 2021. More than probably any other book this year, this one has helped me to lift up my eyes and look on the fields, for they are white already to harvest. You that have been saved for any length of time, you understand what that terminology means. It means that people are lost in their sins and they're dying in their sins and they need the Savior now. They need the Savior now. They need to hear about him today. And we simply need to lift up our eyes and look and see that and do something about it. And in episodes 9 and 10 of this podcast, for those of you who missed it, please go back and listen to episodes 9 and 10, because I interviewed Pastor Hamilton in those episodes, and he graciously spent a good bit of time to answer questions that I had for him about his book and about personal evangelism. If you haven't listened yet, please be sure to add those episodes to your playlist and go listen to episodes 9 and 10 of the Treasure Box Books podcast. God of the Aurora was a book I read to my family, and wow, we enjoyed it so much. And again, if you listen to those episodes, numbers 9 and 10, you'll hear about how my family enjoyed it so much. It's hard for me to recommend it highly enough. Book number three on my list is God of the Aurora by Bruce Hamilton. And you can get that by going to his website, godofalaska.com, godofalaska.com, and get that book. And he has two other books as well in that series. Book number two in my list for 2023 of most influential books that I've read or listened to is Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering by Timothy Keller. 
Timothy Keller is probably one of the most well-known and influential Christian authors of our day. He, he passed away this year, but I had never read any of his books in a completion uh, until this one. And disclaimer, I did listen to it as an audiobook. This book was, on the one hand, among the most uncomfortable books I've consumed, and on the other hand, one of the most enjoyable. It was uncomfortable because it continually quotes the stories of people who have endured horrific pain and suffering. And it was uncomfortable because it demonstrates that most cultures throughout history have looked on pain and suffering as having some deeper purpose as well as provided a community with whom to endure the troubles while modern Western culture, our culture, does not provide either a higher purpose mentality or a community. The book was enjoyable, though, because it shows how biblical Christianity not only provides followers with a faith-based hope for a purpose in suffering, but a reasonable faith-based hope. Also, I've got to say that I found the chapters on Joseph and Job very helpful in understanding the harmony between the sovereignty of God and the free will of man in a way that denies neither, but also doesn't pretend to fully understand how both do indeed operate. I have read books on suffering. I have read about pain. And this is probably the best I've read. Well, now we come to book number one in my list of most influential books that I've read or listened to in 2023. And book number one is The Power of Christ's Prayer Life by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. This book was published by Emerald Books in the Christian Living Classic series, and it was compiled and edited by Lance Wubbles, copyright in 1995. But the sermons, of course, were preached by Charles Spurgeon back in the 1800s. Why do I include this book on my list, and why is it number one? Well, at least two reasons. Number one, it edified my prayer life. It really edified my prayer life. It built up my prayer life. Number two, it glorified Jesus Christ's majestic, glorious mercy and grace and love for poor sinners like me. And rather than go on and on about how the book affected me, let me just pass on a few quotations from the book itself from Mr. Spurgeon's preaching and you can get a blessing from it as well. Mr. Spurgeon, in the sermon Before Daybreak with Christ, there is always a connection, even if we do not see it, between that great crowd on Sunday and the pleading of the saints. There is always a most intimate connection between the flocking converts of the ministry and those secret prayers that follow and precede them. There is such a connection that the two cannot be parted. God will not send great blessings in the way of open conversion if secret prayer is neglected. Let the preacher or the church forbear to pray, and God will forbear to bless. If I could impress my heart on every syllable and baptize every word with my tears, I could not too earnestly entreat you to be above all things earnest in prayer." There is such a thing as a Sunday religion, and he who has it will be lost. The religion that lives only in our religious assemblies 
how can it serve us? Prayer on Sunday is well enough, but better far is the supplication that continually waits upon God. Our Sabbath prayer should abound, but the weekdays equally need prayer and should be saturated with it. Grace is for streets and shops as well as for sanctuaries. It is well when God rules our thoughts as much in the shop as in the prayer meeting. We are as much under the governance of our Lord Jesus Christ when we are busy in the family as when we are sitting in the church of God. Oh, let us see to this. And finally, you observe that in his prayer, he desired very much to be alone. He was anxious that his prayer might not be seen of men. Woe to the man whose devotion is observed by everybody and who never offers a secret supplication. Secret prayer is the secret of prayer, the soul of prayer, the seal of prayer, the strength of prayer. If you do not pray alone, you do not pray at all. What convicting words and so helpful. And sometimes we need to expose ourselves to that kind of reading. Reading that's not comfortable, reading that moves us out of our comfort zone, reading and preaching that steps on our toes and pierces our hearts with truth. It's after the Lord is able to wound us with the sword of the Spirit that he is able to give us healing and comfort. But if we don't expose ourselves to that sort of preaching and that sort of reading, we really can go on with blind spots, with areas in our life that we are just oblivious to. And we need a man of God to speak to us sometimes through the written word and often through the preached word. So book number one on my list of most influential books of 2023 is The Power of Christ's Prayer Life by Charles Haddon Spurgeon. All of these books and a few others that gained the place of honorable mention will be listed on the show notes page at treasureboxbooks.com. Again, treasureboxbooks.com is where to go to find this list and look for other lists as well. In just about every episode, we give a list of books that are appropriate to a particular topic or helpful in a particular area of life. So let me invite you to come on over and visit us at treasureboxbooks.com. Also, the audiobooks are on sale now. 50 Famous Stories Retold and The Gift of the Magi. There's also a music album that you can download there as well at refreshpublishing.com. So to get the show notes, go to treasureboxbooks.com. To get to the web store, go to refreshpublishing.com. We'd love for you to visit us and pick up some helpful materials for your family there. As we begin to wrap up this year, let me encourage you, dads, to look back over the year. Do a personal and family year in review. Write some things out. Type some things out. Get a blank journal and start writing some things down. Get a clearer picture of how God has led you and your family throughout the year. 
thank God for what he's accomplished through you, what he has allowed you to accomplish and allowed your family to accomplish, and ask him to show you in which areas you need to repent or to grow. If you heard something helpful today or feel better equipped to lead your family, maybe you have a friend who could benefit from this episode too. Don't keep it to yourself. Hit share in your podcast app or take a screenshot of this episode and share it with a friend. Or just post a link on Facebook to treasureboxbooks.com and let your friends know that this episode might encourage them. You can find any links and resources mentioned today on the episode page linked below or just head over to treasureboxbooks.com and sign up to get our newsletter to keep you informed about future episodes and product releases. And if you've got a book recommendation or experience or idea you'd like to share with other dads, send me an email. My address is nathan at treasureboxbooks.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until we meet again, keep leading your family to find the treasures in books.